2: I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner, front and center this hour, the final stretch. With only two weeks left in the trading year, are stocks primed for a final burst or in need of a rest? We debate that with our investment committee. And joining me for the hour today are Stephanie Link, Joe Terranova, John Najarian. Degas Wright is the chief investment officer of Decatur Capital Management. And as Carl said, CNBC's Jim Cramer, the host of Mad Money, is with us. Happy to have everybody here. Let's check stocks right now. Mixed picture, the Dow is dipped negative by nearly 40. S&P and the NASDAQ are positive. So, Jim, what I, I usually like to do is sort of lay out the state of play. I want to hear it from you of what you think the state of play is now. If we're primed for this year-end Move, or if the market is telling us I'm tired, I need to regroup, I need a rest before I restart. No, I
3: don't think that. I I can't wait to hear Stephanie Wing talk about uh, Stanley Works Black and Decker. Stanley Black and Decker, what does that say? It says that we are about to have a wave of money, a wall of money, a tsunami of money coming at us. Of which, by the way, many people do not need, and unfortunately, many people need a lot more. And and I've got to tell you, one of the things I have learned, Judge is that when money comes from the federal government, some of it ends up trying to eat, and a lot of it ends up in the market. So, no, I think that what we're seeing already are bets being played, and it's NASDAQ. Uh, It's NASDAQ, and it's anybody who thinks that it's not NASDAQ, I think should really just rethink their attitude about buying the banks and buying the food stocks. This is housing and semis tech. That's how I'm looking at it. So, I'm but, not bearish. Okay. This isn't a couple years ago when, when the Fed decided to ruin our vacations and we had to come on TV and my wife wanted to leave me. I don't see that
2: happening <laughs> this time. So you said last – this really sets us up perfectly for where I want to take the conversation next because, Jim, you said last night on Mad Money, I'd worry not being bullish enough. Well, But uh, John Najarian John today, here's the notes – This blew me away coming from you, John, because you've generally been positive on the market. You said, quote, and this is what you told our our, one of our producers, I'm getting closer to ringing the register on everything. I'm raising cash in the next few weeks. I have almost 20 percent right now and it will keep going up. The retail number was absolute beep. It was terrible. If we don't get more stimulus, we will dip into recession Q1. Lack of stimulus has created real damage. It looks, though, like, John, we are going to get some kind of stimulus. But
0: yet I read this, that you're closer to ringing the register on everything. And I say, why? By rumor, sell news, Scott. Um, if they surprised us with a stimulus that was bigger than anticipated rather than smaller, um, then that would be one thing. But uh, I think, Scott, that there's going to be a difficult time. Um, We've heard it time and time again from both the present administration, the incoming administration, that this is going to be a dark period. I do think they're right. And I think that this money took way too long to get out to people. Obviously, it's still not out there yet, Scott. It will be half the size of the last one. Instead of $600 a week, it'll be $300 from what we read. It'll be a $600 check overall for other families and that's versus 1200 previously Scott so I don't see a reason not to pull some off now am I exiting everything no but I'm lightening up on virtually everything in little bits on rallies Um, and I've raised cash from about a 4% holding just a couple weeks ago to close to 20% now Um, and I anticipate that that will keep going based on what we heard today Even if we do finally get that stimulus, which, as we all know, won't really be trickling out to people until well through uh, January uh, past the uh, uh, incoming administration.
2: I I couldn't agree more with you about your comments and sentiment about the money being late and not enough Mm -hmm. and the fact that there are an awful lot of people who are hurting out there. However, the market has been largely disconnected. It's like I I feel bad even saying it. The market's been disconnected from that for many, many, many months because and now we have a vaccine that's here. We have a stimulus. Mm -hmm. It seems that's coming. And Jay Powell later today, Mm -hmm. Doc, is going to say, I'm not even thinking about thinking about thinking about. And he may throw another thinking about on top of the cake.
0: Yeah. Yeah so doesn't that yeah. make you want to be but in the market uh, again yeah and so um you and i would both say if i'm only 20 percent in cash and that means i'm 80 percent exposed to the market right scott so it's not like i've exited and i'm saying oh this is so great just sitting around in cash i don't like it uh in fact a lot of the cash that i raise has been going into crypto which i'm very happy about but um, I'm looking right now, Scott, at the real possibility that this will uh, be weeks and months into the recovery. I'm delighted that the vaccines are rolling out. I root for that and for the healthcare workers that are helping get this out there, along with Pfizer and Moderna and everybody else. But that is in the future. That is priced in, in mm. my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. So this is where I guess I have that dis- this disagreement with Jim. Jim says not bullish enough in his case. And I think a lot of folks are maybe too bulled up at this point, Scott.
2: Okay. So, uh, look, I want to get to everybody else. But, Jim, how do you respond to that? Well, look, I-, I am always worried about the Fed,
3: constantly, all right? Fed could be your enemy. Fed can be your friend. When the Fed's your enemy, you're dead. Uh, everything I heard from John makes it so that the pressure is on j to keep rates lower. We take that off the table. Mm-hmm. I am not recommending everything. I am saying that it's got to be related to housing or it's got to be related to tech. I really don't even care about the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this because last time I'm watching um, Melissa's show, people hate Fang again. I mean, like, well, every time they hate Fang, I am a believer in Fang. Uh, when I see a yep. 10% organic growth from a tool company, from a company that makes saws, <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> it, what does that say? I'm not saying you know, that says you got to go buy First Horizon. I'm saying you got to go buy Home Depot.
2: You got to buy Stanley Black and Decker, Stephanie Link, which you you own. I mean, you know, look, the the organic growth. What are they? I forgot the number. What are they looking at? 10 percent. It's 10. Right. So, yeah, Yeah. um, there are there are stories that tell you you got to stay in the market. There are other human stories that say I'm feeling queasy about where we are because there are a lot of people hurting.
4: Oh, there are a ton of people hurting. Uh, that's why we're getting more fiscal. And by the way, once we get this fiscal package, I think we're gonna get another one sometime in the first quarter because th- there are s- certain pockets of the economy that need it, travel leisure, hospitality, restaurants. We know all the small, medium businesses, we know that. And that's where the fiscal hopefully will help. But we have been waiting forever for this particular package to get passed. Hopefully it gets done. does seem like it's getting close to the finish line. We'll see, but then you add this, With the massive monetary stimulus that's underway, Mm -hmm. and that's not going to change. And Yellen and Powell, as a duo, they're going to be as dovish as possible, as you possibly can be. You then add on the vaccine progress. I don't know why you wouldn't want to own more reopened stocks, more economically sensitive stocks, especially since those stocks, some of those sectors are still down on the year. Energy is down 33 percent on the year right the xlf is down seven percent the xli is only up eight percent and while i don't want to have an entire portfolio of these names i want to have the barbell i want to have some of the fangs like jim's talking about i want to have technology Mm -hmm. because of the secular growth dynamics I think you want to have both. I actually lean more on the cyclical side because I think 2021 sets up better for GDP growth and better for S&P earnings growth. And a weak dollar, I want to own U.S. multinationals and more international exposure as well.
2: Let's, Let's talk a little more immediate before we go heavy 21, Degas, because I've got people, smart and credible investors, on both sides of this conversation, the likes of Tony Dwyer, who says, quote, the combination of extreme bullishness Broad acceptance of the economic recovery rotation, like Steph was just talking about, and a historic ramp in our favorite areas continue to have us looking for a near-term pause to the upside, in the upside. Whereas Tom Lee, another credible and smart person who's largely been right on where everything has been, Seems like the seasonals are indeed kicking in. The Santa Claus rally starting right on cue. We believe the S&P 500 can surpass 3,800 before the end of the year. That's a 3% upside for where we are now. Tom Lee is with us tomorrow. I should let you all know that. But I've got people on both sides who make real good arguments. Degas, what do you do? Yes, yeah, Scott.
5: So what we're looking at is that in the next two weeks, it's going to be very difficult to forecast where the market is going to end at. But, you know, i go back to something that Jim said earlier. Let's look at the longer trends. And I actually agree with something that he said in that he looked at uh, the home builders and uh, tech. Well, if you think about it, what's driving that? Uh, You know, we've had an incredible period of innovation in the last year. And so what we're seeing as part of the long term trends that we're looking at, if we go past that two week period, Scott, is that the millennials are starting to form households. You know, those are those individuals from 24 years of age to 39. And that's what's really starting to drive what we're seeing into 2021 and also where we are right now. The millennials are really having an impact with their purchasing
2: power. Joe, I've got Kramer's return to normalcy stocks right in front of me. Okay, month to date gains, Kohl's up nearly 20, Pioneer 17, Disney 16 and a half levi's 13 norwegian nine tesla eight boeing eight ge seven
1: you continue to run run those joe the risk is this the risk the risk got uh, is that we have a still society the risk is as john is talking about that the economy is actually decelerating it's not accelerating are we going to have wage growth anytime soon no i don't think so so I think you absolutely unequivocally want to remain invested in the market because Jay Powell is the most important man within the market. And he, in coordination with Treasury Secretary-elect Janet Yellen, are going to work towards more coordination. You're going to see an increase in the monthly asset purchases from $80 billion above 100000000000 billion. <clears throat> They're going to target the long end of the curve. That is coming. What do I want to do with that? I want to make sure that I am focused on owning companies where I see established growth. That does not take my allocations away from owning Apple, away from owning Microsoft, away from owning a Lululemon. These are the names that I want to own. I think we're a little bit too optimistic on the economic recovery rotation. I think we need to temper that enthusiasm. I like what Stephanie is saying because I think manufacturing is going to be more resilient than the services component. So I bought Honeywell recently. I like that trade relative to owning a Marriott, which I've owned in the past. Marriott's made the move already. So I think you just have to be careful on this economic recovery rotation because I think we're being a little bit too optimistic with
2: it. How about that, Jim Cramer? I mean, a a lot of these stocks have made a big move already. You know, it's
3: funny. Uh, When I was hearing what Stephanie was saying, I said, oh, man. My uh, my portfolio, my uh, charitable trust owns Honeywell. It's just getting crushed today. So thank you, Joe. Let's hope that shout out works. (laughs) It's like, ooh, that was nice. Maybe Honeywell goes up. Look, I, I I'm a simple guy. I mean, I'm just thinking we're getting a lot of money. I love the idea. Stephanie said it's going to be in two tranches once Biden comes in. I think Janet Yellen is going to be a fantastic secretary of treasury. And I look at the situation, I say, you know what? I know we got high valuations, but at the same time and what happens? I'm going to say it. What happens if we have a boom after the vaccine? What happens if we have a vaccine glut, which is what I'm predicting at the end of the first quarter? J&J has to come through for that. And then we have a boom because that's what we're set up for if this vaccine works. And I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not fighting a boom, especially if the Fed has to start raising to the be beginning, We can still even make money when the Fed starts raising. I know one's no one thinking that could happen. But Scott i got to tell you, we are setting up, even oil, which I don't like other than Chevron and Pioneer, even oil is saying the midstreams, get that, the master limited <laughs> partnerships, they are saying things are getting better in a lot of areas. And, and Scott, I'm not going to fight that,
2: provided that J-PAL doesn't listen to what I just said. Jim, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think, the I, I almost feel it's like crazy to say, I feel like the base case at this point, the base case is boom next year. Post-vaccine, you get enough people vaccinated and you are set up for a boom. Oh, I've got
3: to tell you, I'm attacked about this boom. There's so many doubters about the boom. People, the believers mess things up as far as I'm concerned. I want the fewest number of believers. I want people raising cash. I want that $5 trillion in the sidelines to be scared to death. And then I want the people who get the $600 to say, you know what? I kind of like that. Look at that. I'm a lift. I mean, I don't really like Lyft, but I'm just using that as an example. I took a Lyft yesterday. Oh, I took an Uber. <laughs> Boy, isn't Chipotle. Have you had the bowl? I mean, have you had the carnitasada? I'm buying Chipotle. <laughs> you, we all know this is happening. And we all look at these sites and we all laugh. But that's what they're doing. They are buying these things that go up and up. They're the Tesla buyers. But they are also buyers of what they use. Hey, you know what? I got a new pair of Nikes. Let's buy some Nike.
2: I got... Microsoft buy today at okay. Bank of America. Okay, I got Salesforce love buy today mm-hmm. at top. That's the top pick at Bank of America. Um, I've got Apple's target raised to 144 at Morgan Fantastic. Stanley today. I've got Exxon upgraded. I know you said you you no. you know you didn't include that, but okay. this is the second Exxon upgrade in as many days. Well, oil's going higher. But under your scenario, well, I can't buy. A isn't everything going to go higher? I, no, this not boom. everything's going to go higher. What's a, I let, think me, let me ask you this, Jim. In the boom that you said is going to happen, yeah. what doesn't go higher? Oh, yeah, the drugs, the defensive stocks like that, uh, the consumer,
3: you know, there was a recommendation of Coca-Cola. I happen to love management, but you don't want to own that. I uh, mean, you know, horrible to say, but you still can't own the banks. People be coming on and say, you know what, it's time for the catch-up of the banks. What? I mean, I don't, Wells Fargo, because maybe you were, we're getting some better management there, but... No, I, I like Texas Instruments in that situation. I I, I like uh, analog devices in that situation. I like Nvidia, which is you know remains one of my favorites. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really work in my scenario because boom, we have we have a lot of bust stocks. I mean, look at Pfizer. Okay, well you look at Pfizer. Look at Con Ed. Has anyone looked at Con Ed? I mean, has anyone looked at it other than at their bill? I mean, look at this thing. I mean Jim, nope, what?
4: what? is one of the worst stocks in the. Book. If you get it. A- Oh, no, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. I want to say, if we get a boom, the cyclicals are going to work. They're going to mm-hmm. outperform some of the defensive why, growth names. They just we are. That's why we
3: like I'm, Boeing. That's why we like... Do you like Boeing?
4: I love Boeing. You, I, I love it in 180. I didn't want to be sure and
3: get out of it at 220. But she sold NVIDIA, video. You know, though. it's
4: interesting. It felt... She sold <laughs> NVIDIA. <laughs> I did so, sell NVIDIA. So, Jim,
3: movie. I mean... I did I'll, st- an, I'll stay I, for the show because I'm look. friends with you, Scott.
4: <laughs> I, but, all right, wait a minute! Hold on! You're asking me a million different questions. All all right, right, why not? Is it, it any different I, from when I work I with that, you? Is it any
3: different from
2: when I work with you? <laughs> no. Yeah, don't act like you're but not you used have to, to this actually-
4: stuff. <laughs> You've got to buy these stocks when people hate these stocks. You've got to buy them when they're expensive. You've got to yes. buy them when they're at trough earnings. GE is at a trough earning. Boeing's yes. at a trough earning. Yes. I don't even know if Honeywell's at a trough earning because Honeywell's just so well run. It is. But you want to own cyclicals when they look expensive. Not, but if, I you like are, if you're right this. on the boom, and I believe you. And I, believe, and I believe, too, that you are going to see a recovery. That's why I said earlier on GDP expectations are 3.8% by the sell-side uh, strategists. I think you could do 5%, and that means mm. a lot of other stocks and a lot of other sectors are going to do even better than that. We know that, right? Um, they're going to see much better growth. And the cyclicals happen to have operating leverage. And so, therefore, they will outperform the secular defensive technology. That said, I believe you and I agree with you on owning some technology names. I love the Salesforce.com store because there is a trillion-dollar total addressable market yep. in SaaS cloud, and they're the number one player. Okay. And I love the Slack deal, and I think it got hammered and all that. So I think you can play pockets in this economy and various different sectors. And, yeah, I sold NVIDIA because I'm, I'm up 124% on the year. I think right. I have to take a profit. You told me, Jim, never to be sorry for taking a profit.
3: No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, judge, you know, I work with her for so long, and you bring her on when you're with me, and she <laughs> throws my disciplines right back in my face, and I have nothing to say other than you're right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> let, let me, Degas. You, you, Degas, has made a lot of moves today, and and I, I want your take on them, uh, Jim. So, you have ESG plays, D, Degas. You bought Tesla, Enphase Energy. Uh, it's a solar panel technology company. You bought mm-hmm. Hilton Worldwide Whew. and Southwest. So that's going to be a little controversial on this program. Talk to me.
5: Well, you know, first of all, let's let's talk about Tesla. Um, Tesla, I'm starting to look at Tesla like everyone is now and really understanding that it's a technology energy company that's going to use batteries and and just so happens to be in cars. So we really like that. And then I looked at uh, what they're doing with their overall platform of really getting energy as a a, a provider. You know, they have the Gigafactory One out in Nevada that is actually completely will be zero net energy production of batteries and cars. Never been done before. So this is one of those companies that are really doing that disruptive innovation. And so I think uh, from this level, you know, it's at, um, at these levels, I think Tesla can go higher. In phase, what they're focused on is uh, the microinventor semiconductors for the solar panels. Once again, great company, about $16 billion in market cap. This is a growth area. And then as we get into the Biden administration, there's going to be the focus on the alternative energy, solar energy. And so this company will do well going into 2021. All right. Tell me about about the reopening. Tell me
2: about Hilton. Tell me about Southwest.
5: Hilton is a great story, because if you look at Hilton, Hilton actually has about 87 percent of their hotels are owned by franchise franchise. And then also about another 11% they manage for others, and then 1% they actually own. So they have a very light capital business model. In the hotel industry, that is the way to go because they're still getting their fees even though uh, the uh, occupancy may be down. Hilton also does a great job with their Corporate Social Responsibility Report. They have have really bought into the fact that they are making an impact. They have over 6,000 hotels across the globe, and they're using that footprint to really make a difference in their uh, social
2: responsibility. I, I hear and you. So Maybe that's another reason we like it. The, these things have come a long way, though. Jim Cramer, right? Well, I mean, is now the time to, to buy Hilton and buy Southwest? Uh, um, Southwest is an
3: inexpensive stock uh, if things come back the way I think they will. Hilton's tougher. I think Enphase is just the ideal Biden stock. I mean, holy cow. Uh, it is such a good company. I've been recommending it on air. It just constantly goes goes higher because there is there's very few Biden stocks. Uh, I really, Look at that. What a chart. But Southwest, I'm partial to. I, I, I would not want to own an airline, but if you had to own one, geez, I think that Gary's so good. And, uh, I got Boeing on tonight, and I'm interested in seeing why Boeing is taking some delivery of, of the 737s. So, yeah, I, I kind of – look, I can't agree with all those. The one that we didn't – I think ResMed is the best. I love Mick Farrell. He put ResMed up in the uh, the uh, video because I think a lot more people have sleep disorders than people realize. And Mick is yes. Mick Farrell is really really smart. It's not necessarily the kind of stock I would own uh, with the, uh, with a boom coming, but this is a company like Align, uh, which is another one I like. They're just doing very special things when it comes to medical device in your body, and they're just not they're secular growers. And, and I love the secular growth even with this. Steph, you,
2: you bought Slumberj, okay? We had a conversation with Josh Brown, I think it was last week, maybe the week prior, um, who said, now I know he was being a little facetious, but he did call it one of the worst stocks he's ever bought, one of the worst <laughs> trades he's ever made. W- why is now the time to get into SlumberJ? Because
4: I think you're at the trough, and this is the number one player in the industry with the best balance sheet, and they have been already seeing an improvement in free cash flow. They have upside to margins, and they have a digital business that no one ever talks about that they just broke out on the conference call for third quarter. It's 13% of total revenues, has very high margins. That's going to double in size in the next two to three years. So in a way, Scott, it is a special situation story, but I'm able to get blue chip on sale, and I really believe you are at the trough in this particular end market within energy, and it's still down a lot on the year. I own Chevron for the dividend, and Chevron's a much bigger position than Schlumberger, but I wanted to add a little beta.
2: Okay. Joe Terranova, what do you think about this? And then we'll get it to the king to uh, tell us what he thinks.
1: Well, as it relates to energy, I think, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of bankruptcies that are going to roll around in 2021. I think quality is the important word that you want to have Uh, in the Permian Basin, Pioneer Natural, which I know Jim has talked about. That's a quality name. I know Stephanie has talked about Chevron. There is another quality name for you. Devin was just put on Goldman Sachs conviction by list. I agree with that call. They took EOG off. I would have left EOG on, but I think you have to be very tactical and you have to focus on remaining qualitative because there is some pain coming as it relates to these energy company balance sheets in 2021.
2: Okay. Jim
3: Kramer. I walked into a Schlumberger recruitment meeting in 1982, met with a recruiter. I listened about what it was. And I realized I'm so over my head. This is like one of the great scientific outfits I've ever seen. I was just interested in the oil patch. These guys were just was genuine mumbo jumbo. And uh, they are the best at what they do. Uh, I walked out of it with my head spinning. But I would say that uh, if the, techno- the technology is good, but I think that they're getting a lot more out of the wells these days. Uh, And people are going to be surprised how even the the shallow wells in the Permian are producing more oil than people realize. And it's not leading to more um, oil service work. So, uh, Steph, I've got to tell you, you mentioned the Chevron. I think Mike Worth is an unbelievable manager. Uh, uh, Joe, you mentioned Pioneer. I think Sheffield's fantastic. I am willing to go with those. But Schlumberger, I'm going to leave it right where I left it in 1982. (laughs) I I don't understand a thing you say.
2: (laughs) Okay. Now. (laughs) <laughs> Let, I want to spin this forward, John, because it's confounding me mm-hmm. from someone who's thinking about okay. selling a lot, right, raising a lot more cash mm-hmm. than you have now. Why are you buying yep. calls in Airbnb, Doc? Ooh, look, at, look at Kramer's
0: because... face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why, Scott. Number one, first day it was available. Um, normally, I would be in on an IPO like this, but because I sit on a public board, I can no longer do that so i wanted to get involved with airbnb i didn't want to buy airbnb as a hundred and thirty dollar stock because a meaningful position would cost me millions of dollars so instead scott i jumped in bought the 130 calls in december they've already gone up fourfold since this morning this is the first day these calls are listed scott we know there's a feeding frenzy in here we know they didn't bring out very much of the float out there into the market so Those were reasons that I got in. I'm also long the 160s out in January, Scott. Just so you know, I'm not just in the real short term. I'm out there in the 160 calls out there as well. But again, the amount of money I put on the table for those calls isn't a 120th of what I'd have to put to get into the stock. So yeah, when I raise cash and I look at something that's, in my mind, pretty risky, like Airbnb, but I see the institutional flows... Very first day of option trading, Scott, they've traded 20,000 call options in the first hour and a half. What does that tell me is that people are interested in this one, want to participate. And yet at 130 something a share, it's tough for a lot of people to get in there.
2: Well, I mean, it's down a lot from the from the IPO. It's had a big, big pullback. It's like 20, I don't know, what yeah. is it, Jim, 20-some-odd 20 percent, 25 yeah. percent?
3: And, I look, I, I happen to like this company very much. And of all these new ones that have come public, I think Brian Chesky is amazing. Uh, I think that this is yep. uh, a secular grower. I know that uh, that you could argue very easily to be careful because it just started and it's $83 billion. But I think this company, I, I know they did that fundraise at, at a fraction of this when things were bad, but they uh, – this is the way people are going to go away. Uh, and I don't think it's going to change, except for I think it's going to accelerate. So I am a huge believer. It is so inexpensive. Look, my wife is moving down to Florida. OK, it, not because she doesn't like me. It's just
2: doesn't like the virus. And I was going to say, I mean, that's you know, pretty heavy to uh, to roll out on national yeah, television. Yeah.
3: Well, I still like her. I mean, I, I haven't like there's nothing like going on. But but she doesn't want the disease. OK, uh, no, not that anyone's saying, well, oh, I'll take the disease. But she said, you know what I'm going to do, I'm going to look at Airbnb and I'm going to see whether I can get a place in Florida for a month. I've got to tell you, it, it's you can get a place for a month that's for four days at a hotel in Miami Beach. And I think that this is like Costco. I think this is the great bargain that you find out and you never leave. I don't know who else uses it here, but I just find that hotels are ridiculously I expensive. I
2: do. Okay.
3: Do you all think right. hotels are ridiculously yep. expensive?
2: Yep, we all agree. Yes, I do. Oh, you're asking me. I wasn't sure if you are asking, John. Let me do this. Let me, let's step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back straight ahead. How cold storage has become a hot investment on Wall Street when it comes to vaccine distribution. Kate Kelly of The New York Times has that story. We're going to talk about some of the names, maybe under your radar as it relates to that story. And don't miss a special edition of the CNBC Healthy Returns live stream. It's today, beginning 1.30 Eastern. Meg Terrell with uh, leading interviews today. Dr. Anthony Fauci, Operation Warp Speed, Dr. Monsaf Slawi. You don't want to miss that either. You can register now, CNBCEvents.com. We're back in two minutes.
6: What does it mean to be rich?
7: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Sue Herrera. Here's your CNBC News update at this hour. A Kenyan man connected to al-Qaeda allegedly spent years training in the Philippines to conduct a 9-11-style terror attack against the United States. Cholo Abdi Abdullah has been indicted and will appear in federal court a bit later today. Abdullah was arrested in the Philippines in July of last year, but details of his alleged plot were not released at that time. New York's Metropolitan Transit Authority has passed a budget which includes $4.5 billion of federal aid that has yet to be approved. The budget excludes drastic service reductions and layoffs that had been threatened. Major League Baseball is elevating the Negro Leagues to Major League status. Commissioner Robert Manfred calls the move a correction of a, quote, long-time oversight, end quote. And researchers say kangaroos can learn to communicate with humans by using their gaze to point at items and ask for help. The findings suggest that more animals might be able to be taught to convey meanings to us. You know, when I look at my puppies and I say if only they could talk, maybe they actually can at some (laughs) point. Scotty, back to you.
2: You never know. Sue, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, Sue Herrera. An update now to a story we first brought you last week, the short seller Quintessential capital management targeting the medical device company Penumbra, alleging one of its catheters could cause injury or even death. Well, last night, the FDA revealing the company has urgently recalled three models of the device. Shares down, as you see today, nearly 8% in trading. We have extended an invitation to Penumbra's CEO. You know about that. I mentioned it last week. That invitation still stands. However, we did a short time ago get a statement from the company Penumbra going to read it to you for more than 16 years we have produced products with a singular mission of improving health outcomes for people suffering from strokes and other serious conditions. Throughout its history, we have been clear that we will never never settle for anything less than complete confidence in the safety of our products. Goes on to say, we are deeply saddened by the deaths and injuries. We thank the FDA for their partnership in ensuring that every product we bring to market is held to the highest of standards. We remain inspired by what the combination of talented physicians and cutting-edge technology can do to improve health outcomes for patients. We look forward to playing a role when it comes to improving care for those suffering from stroke and other serious conditions. Bottom line, uh, the products in question are being recalled. We will continue to update you on the story again. CEOs welcome on this program anytime. That invitation will stand. Now to another health related story, the rollout of the vaccine and where investors are looking for opportunity beyond the manufacturers of the shots themselves. Kate Kelly of the New York Times joins us now. Hey Kate, good to see you. You too Scott. So we we know about Moderna, we know about Pfizer. You've taken a look at some of the maybe more under the radar names that some pretty smart investors are looking at.
8: That's right. So I decided to take a look at this somewhat sleepy corner of the healthcare supply chain, which is called Cold Chain. And it's essentially cold storage and shipping. Uh, and it could be anything from having your products in an upright freezer that's allowed, that's able to go down to negative 70 uh, Celsius, which is the temperature needed for the Pfizer vaccine, or it could be simply a two to eight Celsius walk-in refrigerator, which is a much more standard temperature for pharmaceuticals and also some foods. Um, but of course, it also involves trucks, aircraft, and many other uh, vehicles needed to ship product from manufacturer to patient. So what we're seeing right now is there are a number of players in the cold chain in one respect or another who are both participating in vaccine distribution or expect to and are seeing uh, investor enthusiasm. And a lot of this, Scott, is in the private realm. You have private equity players like Blackstone investing in what is a public company called CryoPort, Uh, but they took a strategic investment a couple of months ago to help CryoPort make some acquisitions. Um, In other news, you know, there are players like PCI Pharma, which is totally private, uh, but they have gotten a new private equity infusion as of also a few weeks ago, from Kohlberg and Company, Mubadala, the Abu Dhabi-based sovereign wealth fund, and uh, they too are participating in uh, vaccine distribution. So you've got a couple
2: things here, Jim. You have one question as to whether the, you know, the the brand name vaccine plays, Jim, have have gotten too much money into them, and now they're expensive. And if these stocks that Kate is telling us about now, which you know some of which I haven't heard of before, uh, maybe you have, uh, because that's what you do, and you do it well. Uh, are the places to
3: put your money. Well, look, I had a Vantor on last night, and uh, this is a very little company, uh, but they are integral to every single vaccine. They make materials that go into a vaccine. Uh, uh, Philadelphia company that I think is doing a lot of things right. Uh, Every single vaccine. Uh, I do like UPS. Now, I know that simple, UPS has many other components, but they have freezer farms. Carol Tomei came on made Money told me not to worry. Everything will get delivered. Very confident that this is the way that the uh, FedEx has to do, but this is the way we're going to get. This is the distribution hub. But the, the little ones know I'm um, too hard. The, what I am looking at is Immersion bio, EBS. Why? Because they have a contract to make. A, you don't know, even talk about it anymore. They signed it in April. They have a contract uh, to help make a billion doses of J&J's vaccine at the beginning of 2021. That was when they signed the deal. Uh, I think that this makes me feel that J&J built a lot of vaccines. So the moment it gets approved, they ship and they ship in volume. So I'm very interested in EBS, which is a poorly performing stock. But I do think uh, maybe something that people start talking about, particularly now that uh, J&J is going to be front and center. Its stock is down, by the way, it's down to, back to 149. Mm. So uh, these are the ones that I'm looking at. I'm not the Moderna, the Pfizer, eh, you know, AstraZeneca. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to take that one. But I do think that this emergent bio partnership with J&J signed in April is not being talked about enough. And why would you go and sign a deal to start making vaccines? If you didn't believe that it was going to work.
2: And and Kate, you know, as as you know, uh, as well as anybody for from covering the the so-called smart money space, hedge funds and private equity, uh, this tends to go in sort of a herd mentality, too, as, you know, hedge funds like to travel in a pack sometimes when it comes to these names. Once they get out there, they're they're pretty heavily invested in.
8: Yeah, it's interesting, Scott. I actually expected public stocks to play more of a role in this story when I set out to do it. Uh, But I spoke to hedge funds, asset managers, some sell-side analysts. And by and large, the impression I got was that they feel – the vaccine makers certainly uh, are somewhat overbought at this level. Um, I asked about like the McKessons of the world. McKesson, of course, has been asked by the government to be the key medical distributor of vaccines and related equipment, um, as well as like a FedEx or a UPS that Jim just mentioned. And, you know, the story is a little different for each name, but I was told in in many cases, you know, we just aren't sure what the incremental revenue opportunity here is going to be. The companies haven't given a whole ton of color on that. We may not know more until April when we get a sense of uh, first quarter earnings. Same thing with the dry ice makers. I found this interesting. If you look at like a Lindy, an air product, something like that, they make carbon dioxide products that go into dry ice, which is in hot demand right now. Um, But one hedge fund manager was telling me, you know, those are actually regarded as potentially a mild COVID, a mild vaccine loser Hmm. because their oxygen business, which is more demanded at a time when COVID is bad. Uh, is larger than their carbon dioxide business. And so, you know, where they may have seen some strength during, unfortunately, the worst of the pandemic, it may not be uh, replaced by demand for dry ice as we get into the vaccine distribution phase. Interesting. Yeah, I
3: found the same. I looked at down that same path Okay, I went I went right to them and. Had some other people go, and I thought it was like, wow, I'm really on this dry ice, and it turned out like, no, no, no. And I love Lindy. I think they're great on the hydrogen story, but you're so right. I went up, I barked up that tree and ended up you know, just ended up getting my head slapped.
8: Well, you know, Air Water Gym is an interesting name. They are listed in Osaka. I'm not sure if they have an ADR here. They're only up about 13% this year. Not bad. I mean, that may be related to their carbon dioxide businesses. They're in it in a couple of different ways. But it didn't feel to me like a huge investor clamor. And then you take a name like Cryoport. Cryoport, uh, at least what I checked yesterday, was up about 183% on the year, which is incredible. Uh, But I spoke to the CEO and I spoke to uh, Blackstone about it. Their feeling is this is a long term play. It's all about biologics, you know, sensitive, organic materials that are shipped at cryogenic temperatures, cell and gene therapies. It's going to be a multi-year story in their view, even though CryoPort has been involved with 26 different vaccines and treatments and expects to be involved in vaccine distribution, that the feeling is maybe there's some retail energy there. But uh, that trade is all about sort of the long term growth as opposed to vaccine distribution.
2: Interesting. Kate, you always get us talking um, with your with your reports. Thanks so much. We'll look for the next one. Thank you. Great all right, that's Kate Kelly. Of Great the New York, yeah, no, no doubt about that. All right. Stay with us. John's latest trades and unusual activity. Those are coming up next. We'll be right back.
0: Well, Scott, um, I've got a lot of unusual, uh, and it's in the cloud space, believe it or not, at least part of it is, because Microsoft is our first one, Scott. Microsoft, 34,000 calls. They always say, have a hunch, bet a bunch. Somebody bought 3.4 million share equivalent of Microsoft at 240 a share. February, 240 calls. I bought those, Scott, the stock sub-220 when we came on air so that's a bit of an upside jump the other one is dynatrace this is also a cloud play more of a pure cloud play dt is the symbol here they were aggressively buying the february 41 calls scott and that's virtually the at the money call rather than a big reach like in microsoft liked them both added to microsoft which i already owned and established a position in dt because of this buying i'll probably hold them both about 30 to 45 days. Scott.
2: All right. Good stuff. John and Jerry. thank you for that coming up. Jim Kramer and the traders. They're answering your questions next. It's ask halftime. We are back right after this. We're back with a news alert on Pfizer. Our Meg Terrell has that for us. Meg, what do we know?
6: Hi, Scott. Well, there's a report from the New York Times that there's been a severe allergic reaction uh, from a healthcare care worker in Alaska after receiving the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Now, uh, they report that this person is in stable condition, um, uh, but the person had been hospitalized after uh, this allergic event. Uh, they are citing three people familiar with this event. I've reached out to Pfizer for any comment and have not heard back yet, but will report back. Uh, now, they're saying that it wasn't clear if the worker... Um, had a history of allergies, uh, but they said that the event uh, appeared to be similar to the anaphylactic reactions that two healthcare workers in the UK uh, had after receiving the vaccine last week. Now you see Pfizer moving down there on this news, um, and guys, of course, this is something that the FDA and that uh, health departments are monitoring as this vaccine gets rolled out because we knew uh, that after those two healthcare workers had this, these reactions, that this could be something that happens. And so the CDC has recommended that anybody who's had an allergic reaction to a vaccine or an injectable drug before uh, not get this vaccine, anybody with severe allergic reactions to anything else, food or drugs should be monitored for 30 minutes after the, getting the vaccination. Uh, so guys, this report just coming out. We'll bring any more news that we get on it. Uh, but that's the news for now. All Scott.
2: Right. And we appreciate that, Meg. Thank you, Meg Terrell. All right. Let's uh, pivot. Answer your questions now. We do have a first question for Jim Kramer from Scott in Scranton, Pennsylvania. As Nike continues to climb, would you hold it into earnings, Jim? And I, they report earnings on Friday, which right. is stocks somewhat look- weird. But yeah, stocks looking
3: down. Some put buying, John, but not massive. Uh, look, I like Nike. I've yep. liked it for 50 points. I'm not going to back away because someone's selling it today. Uh, Nike's got great China. It's got great direct to consumers. has got great Western Europe. Uh, I think the United States is really more direct-to-consumer than any sort of uh, store. But I'm a buyer. I'm a believer. Okay. Steph,
2: to you from Bob in Texas. Coca-Cola, <coughs> smart investment or not?
4: Well, I think it's a smart investment, but I own it. <laughs> so I'm a little biased. I'm so surprised that it's down 3% year to date when Pepsi is up 6% year to date. You get a 3% dividend yield while you wait for the reopen trade to work because that really is what this company is given their exposure to restaurants and overseas as well. So, but a good portfolio, excellent management team, good cost discipline. So I'm sticking with it.
2: Okay, Joe T, to you, Uh, John, in Santa Clarita. I have a small position in the PAWS ETF, P-A-W-Z. Has it run too far, or am I good to invest more there?
1: No, take your small position and make it even bigger. This is about investing in what is familiar to you. 37% of the country has adopted a pet in the last six months. I love this ETF. I got it in June. I'm not getting out for a very long time.
2: All right, Doc. A question for you from Eric Lang. Saw on Ask Halftime that you were writing calls against your Palantir. Uh, how do you choose your strike price, and how often do you roll them?
0: Uh, great questions, both of them, Scott. Um, generally... Um, if a stock has run like Palantir has, came public at 10, got up towards 30, even a little bit over that, um, I end up writing at the money call, Scott. As far as when do I roll them, when they go in the money by more than a dollar, that's when I buy them back and I roll up. I hope that helps.
2: Okay. Diggs, to you. Any thoughts on Cisco? It's been steadily gaining since its earnings report. What do you think?
5: Yeah, we don't talk about it much, but I think it's a great stock because Threat management software solutions, they, they focus on that. Uh, the Webex is doing really well. Um, the, uh, and also they came out with very positive guidance. I think this is a buy at these levels.
2: Okay, good stuff. Thank you, everybody. More trades are coming up next as we go to break. Take a look at some of the stocks hitting new highs today. There they are. Chipotle, PayPal, synopsis. We're back in two minutes. It's time for the futures outlook. The dollar hitting its lowest level since April of 2018. Let's bring in KKM Financial's Jeff Kilberg, for more on that move. Are you betting on a reversal or are you just playing the
1: trend? I am betting on a reversal, Judge, but it's been a fascinating day. Look at Bitcoin surging over 20,000. And the U.S. dollar index at a three-year low. So I do see support from a five-year low perspective at 89. But I think this is part of the process. And I don't think Fed Chairman Powell is going to deviate from the messaging. But finally, we're seeing his message get digested. And that's why we're seeing buyers on strike. But I want to be a buyer looking for that reversal you mentioned at 90.10. Looking for a move up to 91.50. But I'm being mindful if we do want to go and test that five-year low. So I'm going to be stopped out on this judge at 89.60. But I'm risking $500 to make nearly triple that.
2: Interesting stuff. Yeah, we'll see. Big story. One of the biggest stories of the uh, of the year in the markets. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, You're Jeff not. Kilberg. We'll You're do not. final trades next. All right, Jim. Mad money. Talk to me because you got a huge show tonight. Okay. I mean, a- uh, MP- market moving, maybe on on many angles. I think so. NP.
3: People love, love, love rare earth metals. This is one. This is the one you need to be able to make it so you have an EV. All right. And it's actually not. It's the uh, not the. Battery, it's the motor. Todd McKinnon, Okta, I think, is really one of the finest cybersecurity companies. They keep you safe, and they keep the enterprise safe. And then, of course, yes, David Calhoun from Boeing. And that's very, very good, and I'm very excited. I wish I had Abbott. They just got approval for a uh, at home test, but very excited about the show. And, I, and I've got a lot of things that I want to ask Boeing. I think we all do. Yeah. But I do think that it's still a great American company. I'll tell you that. I
2: really yeah. am a believer. We'll see. Um, look, we'll look for the stock reactions and see what they do to the market. Uh, Thank it's you. Uh, obviously a big one. Jim, I appreciate having you today so much. Thank it's you. always fun. You, oh, you got you want to give me a final trade? A final yeah, thought? I cannot Here's believe that Home Depot <laughs> is around. doing nothing with Black- Stanley, Black and Decker. organic? That's
3: (laughs) insane that it's doing nothing. I predict five analysts come out tomorrow and boost Home Depot.
2: Which would be bad for Stephanie Link, Jim, because she sold it recently. Um,
4: (laughs) Yes, but I sold Home Depot to buy more Stanley Black & Decker. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) Oh,
3: then congratulations.
2: Congratulations. She got off the NVIDIA train, the Home Depot train. Oh, man.
4: I, I, I bought qu- quite a few things, though, guys. Know, Come on. It's not like I'm raising cash
0: like John. <laughs>
2: <laughs> John, you got a final <laughs> trade for me on that note?
0: Okay. I do, Scott. Uh, United Foods, UNFI. I okay. bought it during the day today after disappointing earnings last week. All right. Degas, what do you got for me?
5: Yeah, ResMed. Jim did not mention earlier, they're really focusing about 12% of their revenue comes from the software as a service, digital mm-hmm. solutions to help.
2: Uh, Doctors work with patients. Oh, okay. It's great. Good good to note. Uh, Okay, Joe T., the man with the ETF. What do you got?
1: (laughs) Scott, three weeks ago, I brought you tractor supply, TSCO. Position is working. I'm buying more.
2: Okay. Uh, Everybody's picture in the green today. Uh, Market trying to hold on to that as well. Jim, thank you again. Thanks for watching, everybody. The exchange begins right now. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC.
8: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.